you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And now, Move the Sticks. Ten takeaways from week seven. With Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, and Rhett Lewis. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks, presented by Zaxby's DJ, Bucky, Rhett, back with you for a takeaway episode today. Uh, Buck, I'll start with you. How was the weekend, man? Man, great weekend. We got football all over. The Big Ten came back in college, so it made my Saturday nice and full and complete. And then the slate of NFL games on Sunday were outstanding. So, yeah, great weekend. Uh, I'm sorry, did, did somebody say something about the uh, the Big Ten coming back? I mean, huh? it's just it's the Indiana fight song. It's just playing in my head nonstop, nonstop. I, you know, did, did something happen in the NFL? I mean, the biggest story of the, of the weekend is Michael Penix. And the reach for success for the first time since 87. Oh, it felt good. <laughs> Rhett, going to the beach and, uh, and throwing a little IU right logo there. down there on the beach. Uh, fantastic. I was happy for you. He didn't score, but I was still happy for you. They gave you the win. Uh, it was a gift. <laughs> and uh, you always, you all, when somebody gives you a gift, you always just say thank you. And that's all, that's all, that's all we want you to do, right? Just say thanks. 
thank you. And may I have another, I think, is, uh, is the way I'm feeling. How about that? All right, why don't you bat lead off for us on the takeaways, Mr. Mr. Happy? Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, no rain on this parade today. Let's talk Baker Mayfield bringing the Browns back. Two receivers left, one right. Mayfield back to pass. Looks going towards the end zone, and it's caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Touchdown! He got it! He got it! The rookie from Michigan got it with 11 seconds left to go! I mean, that a far departure from how this game started. For Baker Mayfield started out 0 for 5 had the interception that unfortunately led to Odell Beckham's knee injury that will now force him to miss the rest of the season torn ACL terrible outcome there for the Browns moving forward but boy did Baker bounce back after that into the game on some 21 completions a Browns franchise record uh, for consecutive completions the touchdowns back and forth in this game Unreal in the fourth quarter. A combined five go-ahead touchdown passes between Baker and Joe Burrow. That an NFL record with the game on the line. The throws from Mayfield to Hollywood Higgins. Rashard Higgins down on the sideline. And then the one you just saw to Donovan Peoples-Jones. Absolutely money. Fifth touchdown of the day goes for the win. I'll stand up for Baker Mayfield on that one. He earned it. Look, it was a great performance by Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns, especially after coming back from a tough start. Baker Mayfield throwing the ball all over the yard, lost his number one receiver in Odell Beckham Jr., but the offense still had a rhythm and some continuity. And I think it's a very impressive performance, one that they can build on. But I got to talk about Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow (laughs) continues to impress. He looks every bit as good as advertised when it comes to being the number one overall pick. He has the Cincinnati Bengals team competing and really scrapping and clawing every week. And it's exactly what you want. You want to be good enough to be competitive, but not good enough to get uh, out of the mix for a top pick. And so right now the Bengals are getting the best of both worlds. No doubt. And I think uh, on the Brown side of things, to go back to them real quick, Miles Garrett has nine sacks now. Uh, he is he has been on a torrid pace and look we'll get we'll get to uh, some things about the, the Dallas Cowboys a little later on but before the year started Buck I went uh, Miles Garrett defensive player of the year and Dak Prescott MVP and based off what we saw this week I think they were both excellent <laughs> just selections yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> both guys are more than worth their weight in gold <laughs> All right, let's keep this going here. Let's go takeaway number two. Uh, I'll get us going here on that Tampa Raider game. Tom Brady, he's 43 years young. On second down and 10, Brady drops. Protection, throws the deep ball toward the corner. Into Scotty Miller, and he's got the ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Scotty Miller, great throw by Brady. Boy, Scotty Miller adds a, a speed element to this offense. You've got the size with, with Godwin and Evans. But the way Scotty Miller, the things he can do, I know Gronk had a better game in this one, but he's the one who jumped off the tape when I studied it. And Buck, his ability to get vertical on that one, then they're able to run him on a deep over route where that speed plays. You're seeing that all over the league right now with guys being able to do that. And then the run after catch. And I'm watching this offense just just shred this Raiders defense. And I'm seeing all those guys I just mentioned, they've got two good backs. And I'm left watching this game, and I come out of it and go, why, why even sign Antonio Brown? I, I don't know that you necessarily have a need there with the depth they have at the receiver position, Buck. Look, they're absolutely loaded, and they're deep, and they're talented. And I think part of bringing Antonio Brown is to load up for the playoffs and to make sure that they have enough ammunition. Because remember, Chris Godwin had been hurt. Mike Evans had been dealing with the injury. Even Scotty Miller. And so they needed a high-end player just in case. But the way this offense is going, you're right. 
He is a luxury, not a necessity. And I think that's something that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have to keep in mind because they are good enough offensively, but really defensively, to make a long run in the NFC playoffs. Guys, I'd argue this is as balanced a team as there is in football. If you're talking offense and defense, the Steelers definitely have an argument uh, as well, which we'll get to here in just a little bit. But but I, I just want to look at Brady. You said 43 years young. You couldn't have been more spot on, DJ. Some of those throws in this game brought me back to 2007, Brady. I mean, the deep ball to Scotty Miller, uh, like as on the money as we've seen all season long on, on a deep throw, um, and then the touchdown throw to Chris Godwin late in the game. That's that was not as easy as it looked because Godwin was kind of in an open space there, and the, as he was getting towards the sideline in the end zone. But the way Brady threaded that through a couple of different defenders there and got it to Godwin on the run, moving to his right was was really terrific. I just think that they are finding a rhythm um, outside of that hiccup against the Bears. This team has gotten better and better and better and better, and and I still don't think we've seen it all just yet because. Mike Evans barely showed up in this game. You know, Chris Godwin ended up with the touchdown. Scotty Miller had the big day of the receivers. And now you're starting to throw Antonio Brown in the mix. You know, like I still want to see all of these pieces have a little bit of a day in. But what they're what they're giving themselves is the flexibility, right? The flexibility. Mm -hmm. If you're going to take away Evans, that you're going to have the option for another high end playmaker, even with Scotty Miller. He's in that category as well, based on the way that Brady and Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich trust him. So this is fun to watch in Tampa. No doubt. And we'll get to Bucky here on this next takeaway. But Bucky, I, I was thinking of the movie. Remember in Field of Dreams when the walk out onto the field and he goes, is this heaven? And he goes, no, it's Iowa. Like I, I'm thinking of Tom Brady after what he was throwing to in New England, getting down to Tampa being like, is this heaven? Is this, heaven? No, is this Tampa? No, man, it's Tampa. <laughs> I mean, you're right. He has everything that he can hope for, but he's chasing a team that I still think is the team to beat. That's what I'm saying. KC is still the team to beat. Chiefs 10, Broncos 6, empty backfield. Pass sidearm, pass intercepted. It's Dan Sorensen, a pick six. Dan Sorensen, dirty Dan Sorensen. As Drew Locke throws a 50-yard pick six for dirty Dan, the third pick six of his career. Dirty Dan puts it in the pay dirt, puts it in the paint. Here's what I like about the Kansas City Chiefs, and this is why they are still the team to beat. For so long, we always talk about their offense and Pat Mahomes and all the weapons and how exciting they are. But in the last couple of weeks, we've seen this team change styles. Against the Buffalo Bills, they were able to run the football. Their defense made some plays. In this game against the Broncos, the defense stood up. Four takeaways, did a really good job of keeping the Broncos under control. Never got a sense that this game was really close. And even though Pat Mahomes only had 200 yards, they only rushed 400 yards combined, this team dominated. And if they can continue to get this kind of play from their defense, I don't know who is going to be able to knock off the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, you know, Bucky, as a coach, I, I think you'd have loved in a, a game like this standing on the sidelines. I mean, this was complimentary football, right? You get offense, defense, and special teams scoring all in the first half alone. Yeah, the Clyde Edwards-Alaire touchdown. You had the Sorensen pick six, the Pringle 102-yard kickoff return yep. for a touchdown. This is all three phases clicking, man. That is a coach's dream, right? And how scary is it that they put 43 on the board and Patrick Mahomes throws for just 201 touchdown? He accounts for one score, and they put 43 up. Man, that's scary. I had to pull the box score because I was like, I'm not imagining this, right? <laughs> they ran 51 plays on offense. <laughs> 
The Chiefs were 0 for 8 on third down, and they won 43 to 16. I mean, goodness gracious. And I, I think this talks to what, Buck, your initial point was, which is this is a team that's, that's able to take the fight kind of wherever you want to go. If, if, they, if it calls on the run game one week, they can do that. If you need to be explosive offensively, that as well. Scoring on, on, on special teams, scoring on defense. There are just a lot of different ways that they can get rolling. And I don't think that, you know, offensively, the passing game, the, in terms of just their flow and rhythm, I don't know that uh, they're even in step right now. I mean, that's still to come. That is still to come. And, DJ, I think here's what's interesting. Lev Bell played uh, average over six yards per carry. Uh, I think you can already see how this is going to go with the Chiefs and their running attack. Clyde Edwards Alar is going to be the bell cow, but Levy and Bell is going to play a key role as a ready reserve for them. Yeah. All right, what do we got next, Rhett? Throwing a little heat out of the bullpen there. Oh, I'm going to talk Steelers-Titans here because Pittsburgh has options. Third down two for the Steelers at the nine of the Titans. Steelers seven for eight on third down. Titans show blitz. Pass is caught. And that is Deontay wheeling and dealing and stepping into the end zone. Then with a nine-yard strike, but that was all. Deontay Johnson cutting in and then zigging out. Well, guys, of course, it makes sense right after Chase Claypool starts to take the lead by storm with his multiple touchdown games. He gets held to like one catch, gets a little bit of that top receiver treatment. Malcolm Butler started to follow him, or follow him around a little bit in this game uh, for the Titans. But still, Pittsburgh has Juju Smith-Schuster with nine catches. He has uh, Deontay Johnson, as you saw there, two touchdowns and nine catches. By the way, last time they had two receivers go for nine, nine catches was the last game that Antonio Brown played for Pittsburgh. Now mm. that we've been talking about Antonio Brown a little bit. But look, they just, they've got different ways to beat you, right? Claypool comes in as the big physical target. You got Deontay Johnson, who, guys, is, is as smooth and fluid uh, a receiver mm-hmm. a, a, as we see these days. As you saw it on that touchdown, just the quick spin on Vaccaro to get into the end zone. Juju's so good with the ball in his hands. I don't think we've still seen the best of him yet this year. And then we know they can run the football, especially as the offensive line gets healthier. David DeCastro back into the lineup for the Steelers on the offensive line. And Eric Ebron has been really good, as you're seeing right here uh, on the video at the sticks, especially another option for Roethlisberger. I I, I mean, and then they beat a previously undefeated team with Ben throwing three interceptions. So you know the stat coming into this game, right? This is just the fifth time in NFL history that two undefeated teams have met this late in the season. The winner in the previous four has gone on to the Super Bowl. I'll make it five this year. I think the Steelers might just find themselves there. And there I'm going to take go. the might out of it. I think they're going to find themselves there uh, because they are as balanced a team as there is in this league. You know, Red, it's funny that you brought, brought up that the Steelers have options. Their defense has played at a championship caliber yep. the entire year. They can come after you. They're super aggressive, far more aggressive than we think Blitzburg will be. They bring a lot of pressure. But it's offensively where I'm most impressed. And quarterback coach Matt Canada comes over from the college game Indiana. and a lot of the window dressing that you're seeing from the Pittsburgh Steelers, the fly sweep motion, the constant shifting and moving around, that is all him. He did it at Wisconsin. He did it at NC State. He did it most recently at Maryland. This has given the Steelers offense a different element. And even though they've more from a big play team to a small ball team that chucks it around the yard at 10 to 15 yards, they have a lot of weapons and they really can give you problems the way that they're playing yeah as i get to my next takeaway guys the one thing i would just button that up with is we're going to see the ravens and the steelers coming up this week which is always my favorite game of the year that rivalry how physical that game is 
and I'm left with this image of the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs last year just running it down the Baltimore Ravens' throats. And then I'm left with the Pittsburgh Steelers being able to control Derrick Henry in that Titans' run game. That's going to make for an interesting matchup, having a healthy Ben Roethlisberger, even when he's not at his best, as we saw in this game with the turnovers. It's still so much better than what they were playing with last year, and I'm looking forward to that big matchup there. Uh, in the AFC North. All right, I'm going to keep it going here, and I'm going to go to the NFC West, the best division in football, and I thought that was a coaching clinic by Cliff Kingsbury. 20 seconds to go. Snap. Ball is down. Kick from Gonzalez is up. It looks good. It is good. The Cardinals win it. An incredible finish. The Cardinals take down Seattle. 37-34. Redemption for Zane Gonzalez. Hey, look, the, pink, the pinky promise is going strong, Buck. We, we went Cardinals early now, 5-2, and two, looking good right now. Uh, and look, the quarterback, Kyler Murray, has been outstanding. He's had some, some down weeks, but then he just immediately follows those up with huge performances like we saw in this game uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. But I thought it was a clinic from Cliff Kingsbury. A couple examples. They ran the exact same play that Alabama ran against LSU. You remember last year they quick counted them? And I think it was even Stingley who was not set, was not paying attention. They get the snap. I think it was Devontae Smith over the top for like a 75-yard touchdown in that game. The whole team looks at the sideline. They just get a, a like a, a little motion from a coach to let them know that the center is getting ready to snap the ball. Center looks there. As soon as he sees that, snaps the ball. They were not set defensively. He, on the other side of the field, he actually had more separation if he wanted to go there. I know a lot was made about uh, Kyler Murray smiling, and they were insinuating, wow, he got one-on-one -on -one coverage, that's why he was smiling. No, he's smiling because they just tricked him. It was a quick snap, and they caught him. And so I thought that was a great coaching point. And then I also thought uh, in overtime, you know, Buck, I think sometimes when you look at the yardage that you need, people get under the, uh, under the mindset of throwing the football is the only way to get there. They called a quarterback yes. draw, which I runs. loved, which got him a big chunk. And they called a couple other runs to Chase Edmonds. So it got them the required yardage they needed. They were efficient. They'd obviously practiced this. You saw Fitz give the ball to the official right back on the ball. They could spike it. But I think defensively, you're conditioned to say, okay, they're going to throw the ball, and you don't even think about the run game. And I thought Kingsbury uh, did a wonderful job with how he uh, set that whole thing up. You know, I thought that you're, you're spot on there. It was a well-coached game by Cliff Kingsbury. But I, I, I'm just a little bit disappointed that it makes DK Metcalf's effort in this game a footnote, right? A side note to the eventual result because the way he tracked down Buda Baker was simply phenomenal. I was trying to count the strides, but he was his feet were turning over so fast that I kept losing track. I mean, I think it took like 26 strides for him to go over 100 total yards in tracking uh, Buda Baker down on a play that probably should have helped the Seahawks win the game. It was a 14-point swing, right? Is the Seahawks going in for a potential touchdown? Baker, with what should have been a pick six, outrunning the rest of the, D of the offense, except for DK who tracks him down. And then the Cardinals get no points out of it, going forward on fourth and not coming up with it. So it, it was such a huge momentum shift there on a negative play for the Seahawks that Metcalf turned in to a net positive or a net, you know, nothing, essentially. Um, man, that was awesome. And he should have had the walk-off winner, right? David Moore didn't need to hold right there. DK was going to go the distance, and that should have won the game for Seattle. So, uh, and then Tyler Lockett, my goodness. I mean, every one of his catches in this game was like a highlight reel. So, look, there was still plenty of, plenty of fun stuff to watch if you're a Seahawks fan. 
You know, DJ, it's, it's funny because you brought up the Cardinals and we have the pinky promise about them going to the playoffs. But you're right about Cliff Kingsbury in the coaching clinic. I thought this was the best job that he's done in the National Football League. Not just from those examples that you cited, but the way they manipulated tempo. They would play fast. They would play slow. The way they went up and down the field, I thought he was on his game. And also, I think this little nugget that kind of gets lost, Larry Fitzgerald's he must be the designated ball guy because when oh, they yeah. get into these, these two-minute situations, he runs right over, takes the ball, hands it to the center. They save so many seconds because he's willing to do that. To think about a Hall of Fame caliber player being okay being the designated ball guy, to me, it signals that this whole team is bought into Kingsbury and what they're doing. And, man, the Arizona Cardinals look really good. They are going to be a hard out in the NFC West. And just to tie that up. say inside that. Go ahead. Just to tie that up real quick, because I was watching on Instagram and uh, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, obviously despite the the win for the Cardinals, the play by DK Metcalf all over social media, right? And so Larry Fitzgerald, Mr. Football Intelligence, Football IQ, Football Character, commenting on DK Metcalf and his effort play there, calling it, you are a man of great football character. I just thought that was cool, that little mutual respect right there. Oh, that's great. Uh, Let's stay in the division, Buck. What's uh, takeaway six? Don't count the 49ers out. First and 10, Jeff Wilson Jr. back in, takes the wide run right, breaks a tackle, 10, 5, touchdown! San Francisco! And that feels great, baby! Untouched. Untouched, man. These San Francisco 49ers are a problem, and they're a problem because Kyle Shanahan and this running game that they have. If you are not prepared to stop their run, they will split you right down the middle over and over. And the great thing about their running game, it doesn't matter who's their running back. So I look up, I'm looking at the game, and I'm like, who is this guy that has 100 yards? (laughs) Jeff Wilson Jr. goes over 100 yards on like 12 carries, and I'm sitting here like, I cannot understand how they can just plug and play any running back and they can go for over 100, they can get three touchdowns, and it doesn't matter. This system and the way that Kyle Shanahan calls plays is remarkable. And oh, by the way, Jimmy Garoppolo was 20 for 25 and he was over 277 yards. He still had two interceptions, but it just goes to show that when Kyle Shanahan is in a zone, I don't know if anybody can stop the San Francisco 49ers. So let's see here. On a day where Tom Brady accounts for five total touchdowns for the Bucks, whose longevity in New England led the Patriots to trade his heir apparent Jimmy Garoppolo, whose Niners come into Foxborough, waxes his former team in the absence of Brady, and Garoppolo watches the Patriots' quarterbacks combine for four interceptions handing the Patriots their fourth loss of the season. Now multiple games under 500 for the first time since 2001. It's just kind of weird how it all kind of came together here, kind of playing off each other in this week seven Sunday. I thought that was interesting. And look, to your point, uh, Buck, about the 49ers and not counting them out, I'm 100% with you. But check these next five games for San Francisco. At 5-1 and one Seattle versus 5-1 and one Green Bay. At 4-2 and two New Orleans Uh, 4-2 playing uh, the Rams tonight and then versus the 5-2 Bills. I get it. Those records are going to be a lot different once they end up playing each one of those teams, but this is going to be a tough stretch for San Francisco, Deej. 
Yeah, it's going to be a tough stretch. Those teams got to deal with San Francisco, and they're going to start yeah. getting a little bit healthier as you come through the season here. That's what's interesting this year. We've seen so many injuries, but now you start to see guys start to trickle back in, and uh, and that's going to be fascinating to watch as we come down the home stretch this year. All right, we're keeping the takeaways rolling here. I'm going to pick it up with takeaway number seven. The Bills find a new way to win. This will make it an eight-point game, give the Bills a little more breathing space. Here we go. With two minutes to play, there's the snap. The hold is good. The kick is on the way. It is true. It is good. It is 18 to 10. The Bills leading the New York Jets. I hereby proclaim it Tyler Bastin in the state of New York. Uh, how about a little kicker flex alert right there? How about Bass after his sixth field goal on his eighth field goal attempt of the day going over there and getting a little flex in towards the Jets sideline? Uh, this was a really wacky game. I'll start with the Bills side of things here. 0 for 5 in the red zone, and you win by 8? 18 to 10. They didn't score a touchdown the entire game. The eight field goal attempts, uh, and then the rookie we saw in the senior bowl, you guys saw him make some plays down in Mobile, Tyler Bass hitting those six field goals. So for the Bills, they had 10 possessions in this game. Every single one of those possessions ended up at or inside the Jets' 35-yard line. Let that sink in for a second. Every That's single insane. one of their possessions in this game ended up inside the 35 or on the doorstep of the red zone. Um, th that, is at, that is actually the first time that's happened in the NFL since at least 2000 when we could kind of start tracking that sort of thing. So, look, I guess what you're seeing, what that means is that's an opportunistic defense giving you good field position a lot. That's good sustainability on offense with some bad execution at times when you get in or near the red zone. So, look, obviously they didn't punt, but they scored just 18 points, fewest points scored by a team ever that didn't punt. I mean, like, it, and the Jets had four total yards in the second half. It was just a really wacky game. Four yards. Four yards in the second <laughs> half. I don't know. That's hard to do, man. Like, I, I'm surprised that we haven't seen somebody take the, you know, Tom Brady holding up fourth down and trying to figure it out and uh, say he's trying to count the, the yardage total there in the second half for the Jets. I thought early on in the, in the first half they got some rhythm um, and got going a little bit. But, uh, man, they just did an absolute nothing burger in the second half, Buck. You know, when I look at these teams, and I'm looking at the Jets, and they're really playing for nothing. They're just trying to find a rhythm, and they jump out and have a lead, but they can't hold it. But the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bills found a way to win. But I think we should be a little concerned about the Bills because this is a team that we're saying should be the favorite in the AFC East. And yet they've struggled the last two times that we've seen them go out. Defensively, they're not playing at the same level that we thought that they would play. And then Josh Allen has been a bit of a roller coaster. So we'll see if they can get together. Hats off to them for getting the win. But if they're going to claim this division, they have to be a little more consistent in terms of playing at a higher level. All right, let's uh, let's keep it moving here. Uh, next one, let's go uh, Chargers. The game that I called yesterday with the uh, Chargers and the Jags. I, I would just say the Chargers' future is very bright. Herbert under center. Takes the handoff to Kelly. Buys time. Sets up in the pocket. Throws to the end zone. Has Mike Williams. Jump ball caught. That is Virgil Green. Touchdown, Chargers. Virgil Green with the grab. Yeah, that was something the Chargers were able to do in this game, which was to find tight ends down in the red zone working on Joe Schobert. That was the matchup that they wanted, and that's the one that they just went after over and over again. And I thought Herbert was a little bit off early on in this game before he found a rhythm, and then you saw his accuracy uptick. 
to go along with Bucky, what he did on the ground. Well, you saw the big run he had in this game, but uh, 63 yards, I believe, on the ground. So he or 66 yards, I should say, on the ground. He was outstanding, showing you the whole skill set in this game, and that's why. If you're a fan of the Chargers, you, you've got to be excited about what this team's going to look like once all these other guys come back healthy down the road. Oh, if I'm a Chargers fan, I'm super excited about Justin Herbert because we found a franchise quarterback. We found a franchise quarterback who has all the traits that we're looking for in today's game. High IQ, big-time arm talent. He's accurate. He has the athleticism to make plays on script and off the script. And he's a better leader than we gave him credit for during the pre-draft process. I see the guys gravitate towards him. And so even though he's a little quiet in his demeanor, I believe that the team feels like he gives them a chance each and every time he touches the ball. The Chargers have a special, special QB1. I'm excited to watch him continue to progress. Yeah, you know, DJ, I'm kind of interested in watching this game as close as you did, obviously calling it for the Chargers radio broadcast, um, how you took in the response after the couple of special teams miscues there, you had right the first the block punt return for a touchdown, which is the ultimate momentum crusher. I mean, that can flip a game on its head, right? Um, already a negative play for the offense. You got to send the punt team out there. Then you get it blocked and you return it for six. Uh, then on the next possession, Badgley misses the field goal, right? So the defense then steps up to force a turnover on downs by Jacksonville and on comes Justin Herbert back with a beautiful strike to Virgil Green there for the touchdown. Then they score three straight touchdowns on three straight possessions. That's the type of response you love to see from your team, especially late in the game, especially from your rookie quarterback. That got me kind of fired up. No, he was he was outstanding. I think Jalen Guyton is emerging as a young speed threat, and it's adding that element to this Chargers offense has tried to find over the years. You saw it briefly with, with Travis Benjamin, and you saw it, it, it briefly at times. Um, uh, oh gosh, the name's going to escape me now. Went to the went to the Raiders. Help me out. Help me out, Red. Aguilar. Uh, Tyrell oh, Williams. Um, Tyrell Williams. Williams. Oh yeah. Tyrell Williams for for a, for a brief second, but they haven't had that consistent deep threat. And I think adding him now, you've got the tight end Hunter Henry that can work in the middle of the field. You saw Parham score another tight end. You saw Virgil Green score. So spreading the ball around, it's uh, it was it was a good offensive performance from the Chargers. Defensively, a little disappointing. Uh, James Robinson ran the ball really well for the Jags. They've got a good one there, uh, as well as LaVisca Chenault flashed as well. So some good young players there in Jacksonville, but still a ways away. Uh, all right, Buck, let's, uh, let's get to the next one here. What's number nine? The Washington football team is just good enough to steal the NFC East. Third and eight for Dallas. Dalton has the snap, steps up. He's being chased. Ball is out. Hit from behind. It was recovered by Dallas in their own end zone. And that is going to be a safety for Washington. Landon Collins got to Andy Dalton, knocked the ball out. Dalton Schultz was able to recover it for the Cowboys, but back in his end zone, dropped there. 2-0 Washington. Look, guys, I'm not going to lie. When Ron Rivera made the move to pour the plug on Dwayne Haskins, I didn't understand what he was thinking because I was like, this team seriously is not in play for a playoff berth, much less to win the division. But after watching them against the Dallas Cowboys, and the Dallas Cowboys aren't playing good football, this team is good enough to win the East. They have victories over the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys, but it's their defense that really gives them a chance. This front line can absolutely dominate against anybody that they face. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, De'Ron Payne, Ryan Kerrigan coming off the bench. They have everything that you look for. And if they're just able to get enough from the offense, Kyle Allen throwing to scary Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, 
they can give opponents problems. And in an NFC East that is up and down and people are injured and not playing well, they're just good enough to eat by. So you might want to keep your eyes on the Washington football team because they may be in play. They may be one of those last teams that make it into the tournament. Yeah, look, there's two things I love watching with Washington. It's Antonio Gibson. Run game, pass game, I think he's going to be a fun one uh, for the next few years here to watch with Washington. Uh, He had over 100 yards rushing as Washington went for six yards a pop against this Dallas defense that gave up over 200 yards rushing again. Uh, But here's what's encouraging for Washington. Bucky, to your point about stealing the East, they don't play a team that currently has a winning record until the Steelers in week 13. So this team could rattle off a couple of wins here, especially with two games, two division games in the next five. We know how much this division uh, has struggled. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, this was uh, was interesting tape to watch. Let's put it that way. Uh, That Dallas Cowboys (laughs) offensive line. That ain't that is not Eric Williams, uh, Nate Newton, and uh, Mark Tuane out there. Mark Stepnoski, and on and on and on. Think about all the linemen we've seen, and then that recent version of this offensive line. It was a consult your program offensive line due to some injuries, and man, it is not a good outfit. Uh, Not going to have a chance to be very successful when you're playing like that up front. But just the Cowboys all around has been uh, very disappointing. All right, tenth takeaway, Rhett. What do we have? I'll finish you off with the Lions. Finally, finishing. Final play of the game. Stafford empty out of the gun. He's got it back. Looks, looks, pumps one, steps up, looks, throws, and yes! comes. Yes! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! TJ Hawkins, yes! they did it! They've tied it! They're an extra point away from winning this game! Oh, baby, how big is that? Yes, how big is that? Yeah, have a day, Dan Miller. You deserve it after all you've been through calling games for the Detroit Lions. Look, that was an awesome one. Uh, credit to Matt Patricia and Detroit and that staff for kind of writing the ship a little bit these last couple of weeks. A little win streak here for Detroit. Uh, but I, I had to finish up the takeaway with a little Hoosiers symmetry, right? guess they weren't Falcons and Todd Gurley. They weren't watching the upset special of the weekend when Penn State should have gone <laughs> down and not scored the touchdown that Indiana was willing to let them score allowing Indiana back into the game. Tied it, eventually won it. Same goes here for the Lions, who had a shot after Gurley. Couldn't go down at the one. And, boy, Matthew Stafford, I mean, the strikes that he threw down the stretch in this game, that one to Galladay that you just saw, and then buying time here on the last shot to TJ Hawkinson. Man, I just think we don't appreciate his arm talent enough. Um, you know, may, maybe because we, we just don't see Detroit consistently winning enough to do it, but Gosh, Stafford is so good and so fun to watch when he's on like that and uh, when this team is kind of rolling a little bit. Kenny Galladay is going to get a big payday here soon, too. Yeah, Red, this offense is fun to watch when Matthew Stafford has it rolling, and he had it rolling against the Falcons. That last drive, we saw everything that has made Matthew Stafford one of the best clutch quarterbacks in football history when you look at the amount of fourth-quarter comebacks that he's been able to engineer. Terrific pinpoint passing, the weapons on the outside, Kenny Galladay. Being able to hang in there, that is something that the Lions have not been able to do in the Matt Patricia era. Maybe, just maybe, they're turning the corner. They're sitting in a nice spot, sitting at 3-3, three and three, having a chance to maybe climb the ranks in the NFC North. Well, I'll just wrap it up with this. You know, you talk about balance in the force, right? So if you look at the Lions losing a heartbreak as a ball goes through DeAndre Swift's hands, a running back from the University of Georgia that cost the Lions a win. 
And now you fast forward to this game. Todd Gurley, University of Georgia running back, does not get down, falls into the end zone, and this time it pays the Lions back and they get a win. We're even Steven. That's it. That, that's the end of the story there. Uh, Buck, the, uh, they, they got one. They, they needed a break. They got one. Absolutely. They got one. That was a tough one. But they definitely got a break. I haven't looked at the schedule to see what other Georgia backs they face going forward. <laughs> I don't think TD's coming back. Maybe it's Sonny Michelle. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, uh, interesting storyline there, the connection with Georgia uh, running backs there with the Detroit Lions. But look, this is a competitive football team and a football team that's got a chance to, to get on a little bit of a run here. You need a little break? They got one. All right, Buck, we've got a, a great weekend of games ahead and looking forward to some key divisional matchups. That's going to be fun to break down on next week's episode, uh, the takeaway episode, because we've got division games with the Ravens and the Steelers, no better rivalry in football, and potentially a changing of the guard in the AFC East with the Bills and the Patriots getting together. Yeah, really, really exciting. We talk about those games and how we get to the point of the season where we're beginning to separate the contenders from the pretenders. Some of these games will certainly give us a little information to determine which guys really deserve to be in that elite category. Well, I want to thank everybody for checking us out today. We've It's been great hanging out with you. I'll put it that way. Look forward to catching up with you again soon. Remember, you can catch us on the Move the Six podcast on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find our videos, uh, nfl.com slash MTS video as well. Uh, thanks so much for hanging with us, and we'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks, presented by Zaxby's. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. 
I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200 k for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com.